Hi everyone, I'm Lisa. And I'm Nick. And you're listening to It Takes Two, the podcast where two people take two movies with the same plot or premise and watch and discuss them. And in this episode, we watched Mr. Hannigan's phone and the black phone. Mr. Harrigan's phone. Harrigan. It is Harrigan. I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, Both movies revolving around killer phones. Not really killer phones. Phones that kill. Kind of. Um... (laughs) Phones that teenagers use to communicate with the dead is what I was going to go with. True. But then the phones kill people. Is, I mean, I kind of, yes. Yeah. 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 Fair. That's a, that's a fair assessment. Yeah. So you could either go with what you said, which is the phones you were able to communicate with the dead, um, or that the phones commit murder. Yeah. So Mr. Harrigan's phone is about how the first generation first generation iPhones had a glitch in them that allowed you to communicate with ghost hitmen. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't think that's actually um, officially Apple's <laughs> statement. Um, I think that's what they were saying. I think that's the uh, I'm pretty sure that's the plot of the movie. I think there was a throwaway line at the end, but okay. <laughs> Well, I mean, it didn't work on his second generation iPhone. It was only the first generation. I keep generation. I keep like trying to say iPhone too quickly. The first generation iPhone was the only one where they had the ghost ghost communicator glitch, allegedly. Yes. Um, A little bit more backstory. One of these movies is written by um, Stephen King's son. Well, it's, it's based on a short story by Stephen King's son. And the other one is written by Stephen King. Yes, based on a short story by Stephen King. Yeah. Now, I have, like anybody, I have a bone to pick with Stephen King. Oh, okay. Um, every single one of his stories is in Maine, which is now just a meme. And he always comes up with the most ridiculous way that something's haunted or evil. Um... You know, it used to be a hotel, and then it was a dog, and now it's a phone. Um, and Sal, it's all phones. Um, Sal's actually a really good book. And the other bone I have to pick with Stephen King is he can never end anything properly, and all of his stories just sort of trail off into nothing, and you're like, that's the ending of the fucking book? Like, are you high? But yes, he was when he wrote most of his books. He was high on cocaine. Cocaine will come up later on this. Yeah, um, I was just thinking, I wonder, is that a nod? Yeah. <laughs> so yes, both of these movies about killer phones or people that can communicate with the dead. Um, via phones. Via phones, yeah. Um, when you said about the Generation 2 iPhone, I thought it was the reason that he could communicate. Sorry, we're, we're skipping around here, but that's fine. That's fine. You're yeah. not going to watch either of these movies, and I would not recommend you watch. Oh, they might watch these movies. They're both very recent movies. So I was going to say spoilers ahead. We've already spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> We've kind of spoiled them already. Um, it is yeah. This is our this is our our spooky season. Spooky. I mean, our last episode was also a spooky season. It was Red Eye and Flight Plan. Yeah, those are more thrillers. Yes. These are, so we have this, uh, well, I say argument, but it's not. We have a disagreement. Um, I say that horror movies should, to be a good horror movie, have some form of supernatural element. I don't think so. Because otherwise well, they just... Well, what do you think of Scream? Scream is a horror movie. Where's the supernatural element in Scream? The unbelievability of... Um, 30 year olds playing teenagers at high school <laughs> that's in every movie is Mean Girls horror <laughs> sometimes um, um, no I, I yeah you, you often argue that to be classed as a horror a film needs to have supernatural elements but that's not accurate it has to have some form of supernatural no it's just not accurate to how the genre is mm. no it's genuinely that's not how the genre works it doesn't have to have supernatural elements Name the longest-running horror franchise. I don't know. Halloween? Yeah. And that's clearly supernatural. Is it? Because he's been trying to kill Jamie Lee Curtis for 
decades at this point. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis is a badass lady. Yeah. Um, but there are some supernatural elements in it. Um, obviously, with the murder films. <laughs> yes, there are supernatural elements to both of these films. They're definitely horrors, even by your standards of yeah. what a horror should be. Yeah. It's... Both stories uh, revolve around young white boys um, mm-hmm. who become involved with a murder phone through other people dying. Um, and yeah, yeah the uh, so and Mr. Ha- Mr. Mrs. Harrigan, Mr. Harrigan. You think you have Mrs. Hannigan now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those are, no, those no, those are Mrs. Higgins. No. Um, I'm completely lost. I was thinking about brownies for a second. Um, yeah, so he's like a rich old man and he sees the Craig. Yeah, Craig. Craig uh, read in church and he's all like, I'm going to employ that boy to read to me because my eyes are going. And then after like several years of him reading to him, he's like in high school and then he gets an iPhone so he can hang out with the iPhone click. And then he ends up buying, he wins like $3,000 on a scratchy because apparently his thing is he gives like $1 Red Devil scratchies to people as gifts, mm-hmm. which for a billionaire is a dick move. Yeah. Um, it's really weird. It's, yeah. That's a, you know, like I don't know many billionaires. I don't know any actually. Um, but if like for a gift they gave me a $1 scratchy, it's like that, um, have you seen, have you seen, uh, Kingsman? Kingsman, yeah. You remember when, like, they tur- he turns up to have, like, dinner with the billionaire who's played by Samuel Jackson mm-hmm. and they have McDonald's? It's, like, I don't know what's up with, like, either... Because I was watching a really weird short this morning that's related, which is about how what billionaires have for breakfast. And apparently Bill Gates just has, like, Cocoa Puffs. But then Jeffrey Bezos eats squid. Oh. Which... Is one extreme to the other. Yeah. But then, as we all know, Jeffrey Bezos is a dragon. Oh, I think you just... Uh, yeah, well, I was going to say is not a human. Yeah. Um. Maybe he is a squid. Why would a squid eat other squid? You're thinking of he'd be a killer... What? No, I was sperm whale. Exert dominance. Exert. <laughs> what a squid brother. He's an isopod descendant like, uh, I was going to say Harry. <laughs> you know about Resident Alien? Yeah. Uh, this, this is my, my plug then. Everyone watch Resident Alien. It's a great show. <laughs> Keep that show going. Yeah, um, yes. Do not, please do not cancel. I can't, I can't see um, uh, another cancelled Alan Tudyk show. <laughs> you can't perceive a future without Resident Alien. <laughs> Um, so yeah, he, he gets him a lottery ticket, he ends up winning three grand, and then when he spends some of the three grand, it's on a phone for this guy, so they can text, and then he, because the movie it starts in, what, is it, what did we say? 2003 it starts. So it starts in 2003, then they jump to five years later, so he's been working for the guy for five years. Yeah. And then there's a weird plug about the dangers of the internet. Yes, and it's, like, so weirdly shoehorned into it. Yeah. Because he, like, teaches the old man how to use an iPhone. It's actually a really sweet sequence. Like, yeah, that, that, that's a cute moment of, like, here's how you can look at stocks, because the yeah. guy's a businessman. Yeah. Here's, like, in uh, financial news. And then, like, in a later time, he's just like, my search results are coming back. They, they predicted what I know, what I want to look at. It's clearly evil because yeah. they're not selling ad revenue, and that's how newspapers make money. So clearly, they're going to put everything behind paywalls. And you're like, yes, that's already happened. Like this movie's <laughs> yeah. made now. Yeah, movie made in 2022 about someone predicting 2022 in 2008. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not a shocker. If it was made in 2008 and they said all that stuff, you'd be like, whoa. Yeah. That's so, you know, they were really thinking at, about it. Or you'd look back at it and be like, oh my God, they were right, man. Yeah, yeah. And, but it's like, yeah, we know. And, but there's no reason for this old man who didn't understand the internet three minutes ago to know. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Um, we're, the black phone is set in 1978. Yes. So the phone that's involved in the black phone is an old rotary phone that is on a wall in a child murder dungeon. 
but, but that's... Neither here nor there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just your casual child murder dungeon in the 1970s. Yeah. Um, I mean, there were a lot of other around. The Black Phone definitely had better... Uh, a better soundtrack. Yeah, apparently the um, the, the writer-director um, literally said to the... I didn't take this down as a note, but I'm going to try to remember what it said, but he said to the composer, I want this to sound like childhood fear. I just thought it sounded like the 70s. <laughs> I think the childhood fear came in the 80s if I listened to my mother and talking about Bay of Pigs and stuff like that. Um... The 70s and 80s were a time, folks. If you weren't alive then, speak to somebody who was. I wasn't alive then. I was alive in the 80s. Yeah. Um, the, 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 both the main characters, I think Craig has better, Craig and Finn, Finn being from the Black Phone, is a little bit, Finn's a little bit more of a developed character, mm. but... And I'll say this in every single movie that has children talking to other children. I don't think writers remember what it's like to be a kid because their dialogue in every single freaking movie that I've ever seen, except for maybe um, Little Mamas. Oh, yeah, Petit Maman. Petit Maman. That was, yeah. They, they all have really terrible child dialogue. And it's so frustrating because it pulls you out of the... For me, anyway, it pulls me out of the movie. Mm. Because it's like... There's a difference between teenage dialogue and children's dialogue. Mm. And these, and Finn is definitely... And his sister, who's younger than him, yeah. are definitely children. Yeah, well, he's a teenager. He's 13. Yeah. So he's a young teenager. But I'd say they, like... He looks 13, yeah. <laughs> so they must be cast an actual 13-year-old, presumably, to play. Um, but yeah, the sister is younger. And she has a mouth on her like a sailor. Yes. Um, the amount of violence... Like, I, I'm, you know, obviously I'm not an American, and I'm not a... I wasn't a, you know, 13, you know, that age, in the 70s. Um... I don't know kids ran around screaming profanities all the time. Mm. It seems like a very, like, modern thing to put in dialogue these days. Mm. I'm not saying that it didn't happen. Yeah, I'm not sure, especially because you're mentioning violence. Um, just because I know that the guy who adapted the black phone most of the fleshing out he did he based on his own childhood and his own childhood memories including the violent father and everything and so that makes sense because like I can imagine there being a lot of like domestic violence because there wasn't a lot of help for people especially because like also the, the weird similarity is both these movies are mum's dead yeah which I think sort of leads to the whole shitty childhood for a boy because fathers especially in that era when you can't just google solutions to issues um and obviously from the maybe the the uh, craig's father's a little bit better because i think it's set in a more modern era and they didn't have because like if your dad if you were a dad in the 70s that means your dad was either involved with or fought during World War Two, which basically means that your childhood was probably fucked up mm. in the nicest way possible. Because like, you know, they they it, you'd look at um, how the generations change, and like there has been a real huge shift towards positive parenting in the last sort of. I'd say 20 years, so from the 90s onwards. Um, and I think probably that leads to the differences between the father and the relationships the father has. But it's yeah. like. I it, think Craig's father can be quite distant, though, as well, because he touches on that in it that, like, his dad 
or you know he remember he like he has to remember he has to remind himself that no matter how sad he is feeling about his mother his dad is also feeling it yes that's explainable yeah but like whereas in the black phone i think they also try to play a very sad man yeah i don't think he's supposed to be a villain even though obviously he is yeah like you could you could make an entire movie just about the relationship between like the family yeah without even having and i think it was probably very common in that era um, you can make an entire, you know, movie and, and, and like a, you know, one of those broken family thought pieces where, you know, the, the daughter ends up running away and the, the son ends up, you know, blah, 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 and then coming back and then reuniting maybe over the dad's death because of his alcoholism. Like, who knows? Mm. But, you know, there you go, writers. There's a plot point for you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, just just... Like, that kind of violence, like being such a drunk that you hit your own kids, Mm. is really unforgivable. Mm. And especially because it's like the... I know it's a a product of the time, but like still, it's... Who's the real villain? The the grabber who locks kids up and murders them? Or the, the... dads who you know beat their daughters because i don't even remember why he was beating her um i i think honestly and this is maybe interpretation i think she reminded him too much of her mother oh okay because there was like oh that's the, right the dreams she, and things because she they've both got the shine basically yeah, yeah. they both got the, the shine yeah. yeah um it's interesting because um, apparently a few people suggested no one no one put pressure on, but a few people suggested to uh, the writer director Scott Derrickson I think is his name I'll I'll check in a minute I've got it written down but I'm but I'm just rambling at the moment. Um, apparently a few people suggested to him that he don't that he didn't that he cut out the uh, the scenes where the father whipped the daughter. Yeah. And what he said to them was that's not even illegal right now. It is illegal in New Zealand. Yeah, well, yes, <laughs> but not in the United States. Yeah, true. Um, so he was like, "Why, you know, why would I need to put it out when that's it's legal for parents to still be doing that?" Yeah, true. You know? So I think he's making a little bit of a point with it, but also very much it's based on his own childhood. Um, because one of the other things that said about his childhood was, so he grew up at the time that Ted Bundy was active. Yeah. Uh, his next door neighbor was murdered when he was a child, and at one point he uh, actually had a phone call himself as a I don't know a child or a teenager with one of the um, Manson family murderers. Nice. So he had a lot of at the, you know there was murder was around during his childhood. Yeah. Um, and violence was around. So he said the the direct quote was the primary emotion that I associate with my own childhood is fear. It's an interesting statement that you just made because the reality is in this modern day and age, like, murder is not stopped. No, yeah. And, you know, like, unless... Like, New Zealand, in my opinion, did it right. We had one incidence with um, a mass shooting and the government was just like, cool, you're no longer allowed to own anything that doesn't have a purpose other than killing people. Yeah. And everyone handed their guns in. Well, people who follow the law handed their guns in. <laughs> um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, we don't want to get into it because this is a long, a long, long conversation um, that any of our American listeners should be having with their governors and senators and whoever else represents you. I don't remember how the weird tiered system works in the States at the moment. Um, off the top of my head, that means. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that yeah, the violence never stops. Um, and I think these days, with the access to the internet and the fact that we get borderline unfiltered information pretty much 24-7... Um, it really throws a spotlight on the fact that this is constantly happening. Mm -hmm. This is what Mr. Harrigan was warning us about. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
The characters Finn and Craig also differ on the fact that Finn comes off as like the regular school, like the regular child. Like he is a, other than his domestic life and obviously than the fact that he has the shine. Um, they are, if you don't know what I'm referencing, um, uh, watch The Shining. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, the... He's a cutty cookie cutter. Cookie cutter, I was going to say cutty cooker. He's a cutty cooker. Um, cookie cutter kid, so, like, basically interchangeable. Like, he has the same shitty, like, he's not popular. He gets bullied at school. He's not a nerd. He's not a nerd. He's just, like, run-of-the-mill, like... Yeah, just regular average kid. B's and C's. Um, where I think Craig comes off... Obviously, you know, he spends three days a week with a billionaire. He hangs out with the popular people because he's got an iPhone. Mm. Even the people that he, like his other people, the other freshmen that he had orientation with U-Boat, which was a hilarious, like, why is that? It's never explained in the movie why that guy's nickname is U-Boat. Um, you know, the weird, angry goth kid that just beats him. Like, was he, like, just... Yeah, I don't know. Cause Trying to make him eat shoe polish? Like, yeah. what? Okay. His name was Yankovic, which is the only thing I remember. Yeah, uh, Kenny. Kenny Yankovic. Yeah, because yeah, I just remember like, oh, like, weird Al. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only other person with that name I know. Um, the only... No, the reason I bring this up is because he's, like, in high school, and the only female that he seems to have any connection with is the teacher. Mm. But he's also got the girl that he texts with. Yeah, but he literally take gets taken to the dance with her, and yeah. he's like, oh, I like her, but not that way. No, that's not what happened. Yes, it was. No, he thought that his other friend was going to ask him. The girl that he did orientation oh, with. Oh, right. You've misinterpreted that. He, he wanted to be asked by the iPhone girl yeah. before his other friend asked, so that he wouldn't have to turn her down. You know, without an excuse. Right. Because he didn't like her like that. Right. Yes. Also, not a healthy relationship is the only way you communicate with somebody is via text message. Yes, 100%. Because literally, there's a scene where they are lockers down from each other, and he looks and sees her and goes, nice sweater, and she texts him back. She texts him asking him to the dance from across the table. And they, they never, I don't, do they say a word to each other the whole film? Uh, or just when he gets beaten up and she comes out? No, because she says, I'm going to have to go to the bathroom. Oh, yes. And he's like, I'll walk with you. And then he gets beaten up by Kenny. Right, true. Um, yeah, I just... The whole phone situation in... <laughs> I, I said that, but like both films are just entirely phone situations. No, the whole... <laughs> like In in Mr. Harrigan's phone, when he go, he doesn't have a cell phone when he goes to high school in 2008. And he... Um, only the cool kids hang out in this one room and they're the cool kids because they have mobile phones, they have cell phones. And there's like one table for the Samsung, Samsung one table for, for the, the Motorola. Motorola's and yeah. one table for the iPhones. And like, and he wants to hang out with that girl. So then his dad buys him an iPhone so then he can sit at her table and then they can interact because they both have iPhones. Yeah. That is like, this is one of the things I said it to you, I think, while we were watching the movie. That every now and then I come across things in movies where I'm like, I don't know if this is terrible writing or if it's just a weird American thing. Because to me, that just comes across as a weird scene written by someone who absolutely was not a teenager in the 2000s who thinks this is what teenagers did in the 2000s. Because I was a teenager in the 2000s. And that's not even remotely accurate to any experience I've ever had. Um, <laughs> we didn't have like clicks of people who had the same phone and just sit and text each other from across the table. Like that's not how that worked. And I don't know, if, is that just somehow what they were doing in the States? Is it like a rural American thing or where the, is it just written by people who don't understand how teenagers in the 2000s worked? I'm going to go with option B there. Um, I mean, our American listeners are, are, you know, 
please please enlighten us if you yeah. if you have insight into that. If there were clicks for different phone brands in the early two thousands, uh, um, leave it in the comments. Mid to oh, late two thousands, I think. Talking of comments. Oh yeah, I was gonna leave this to the end, but yeah, we can talk about this now. Yeah. We have set up a Discord server. And the reason we've set up a Discord server is because we want to hear from you. Because we have access to a map, and the map shows us where our listeners are. And we would like you to join our Discord, which Lisa will attach somewhere. In yeah, it'll, somewhere. It'll, there'll be a link in the show notes. Yeah, um, because we want to know where you're from and where you're listening from. Because that, from, you know, being from a, from a small country in the middle of the Pacific, obviously Ireland's a lot more... Central. Yeah, Ireland. Um, Ireland is also a small island nation, but yeah. it's it's closer to mainland Europe yeah. than New Zealand is to literally anywhere. Yeah. Um, you can be in France and like <laughs> an hour in New Zealand. You can. Oh, I think. Well, no. I, actually, if you fly, maybe it is only an hour. No, I think it's a two-hour flight and slightly longer on the ferry, but still, it's negligible. That's nothing. Yeah. That's it's 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 less than half what it would take to get to Australia from here, and Australia is the only place remotely near here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we we're, we're far away. Yeah. So we wanna we wanna talk more with our listeners. Um. So if you have Discord or you're willing to join Discord, um, the link will be in the show notes, as I said, um, which should be on any platform that you're listening to us on. And then you can you can click that old link, join our Discord server, let us know where you're from. We've got a members introductions thing. It's uh, very quiet at the moment, but that's because this is the first time we're mentioning it anywhere. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we'd love to, to chat really, with you. Yeah, it's it's because uh, it's interesting where you see like Hawaii pop up and like where else where else was super weird. There was like one listener in one person in Libya. Yeah, I think um, we've got. Few in Japan, a few in Brazil, South Africa, uh, all over Europe. Yeah, got a lot of European listeners, a lot of American listeners. And now you can you have the the ability to tell me I'm wrong, <laughs> and I'll accept it because it'll be there for everyone to see. Um, or you can have an argument with Nick. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Um, I'm great. I can argue for hours. Um, it's. The black phone obviously has more of a, like, I don't think we've even touched on, like... What the actual plot of the black phone is? Yeah, like, either of them. <laughs> um, because you have a, you have, okay, so, he gets the phone, uh, Mr. Mr. Harrigan's phone. Mr. Harrigan's phone gets a phone, he dies... They have the same phone, and then he can communicate with him after he's dead. Yeah, so Craig puts Mr. Harrigan's phone... So, yeah, so it starts off... The first communication is actually that he walks in and finds Mr. Harrigan dead, um, and he thinks he's asleep, and he nudges him, and, and then his phone starts ringing yeah. at the same moment that he realizes he's dead, and he looks down, and he's holding the phone, yeah. and he's called him. And they've got special ringtones for each other, like, so he knows it's him calling. Um... And then he puts Mr. Harrigan's phone in the coffin with him. Yeah. And the weird part is that he left him a voicemail message about how he enjoyed the time that they spent oh, yeah, together. No, he texted him. It was a text message. Because oh, so he was yeah. able to double check it then after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he messages him and says, I really enjoyed the time we spent together. And he says, I will miss our afternoons together. Yeah. And then he gets a letter that was written before he died yeah. that says, I also enjoyed our weekends together. And you're like... No, you, no, it says, I will miss our afternoons together too. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. So it's like, so it could be perceived as just like, you know, oh yeah, on top of all this other stuff I've said, I'll miss our afternoons together too. But because it's written, it's the exact same phrasing yeah. as what he said. It freaks him out. Yeah. And then he gets text message, which is just a bunch of letters. And his dad has to explain to him. Because he wants to dig up the body. He thinks, oh, my God, we buried him alive. And he's like, no, no. He died on his own. So they did an autopsy. He's been cut open. Like, he's definitely dead. His organs were, you know, pulled out and stuff. And It's interesting because um, we watched a couple of videos. I can't remember which... QQ something. There's a YouTube channel we watch where it has like they interview experts and something about something. And there's a really charismatic 
Mortician? Mortician. Yeah, I like that guy. I don't know his name. And it's just like, no, you can't be buried alive because we literally suck all your blood out and replace it with, like, poisonous stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so basically that's what, you know, Craig's dad is explaining to him. He's like, and he's like, I didn't want to, you know, give you these details, but I'd rather you know this than think that we buried your friend alive. Yeah. The other thing that I found interesting is he calls an ambulance. Yep. And after what your, shout out to Phil, what your mother said, when you find a dead, dead body, Mm -hmm. don't do that. Yeah, um... Yes, if you because if you call an ambulance, I don't know if it's the same everywhere, but certainly in Ireland, if you call an ambulance to the scene, they are legally ob- obliged to attempt to resuscitate yeah. the the person. Um, and if it's a you know a situation where um, a person has been dead for several days and it's clear that they've been dead for several days, it's not pleasant for the you know, the paramedics or the ambulance workers to have to try and resuscitate that person knowing yeah. that it's not going to do anything. Um, find a skeleton, you yeah. bring an ambulance. So if you're able to call the police yeah. and say to them, I've found this body, it, it they are definitely dead. Yeah. You know, um, then they won't need to send the ambulance, they won't need to do that. Um, yeah. It'd it's be better. interesting to see if that's the same in the States. In the States. Um, um, it would make sense. I think. Hmm. And I think maybe that's what... I think that might have been the intention of the dad because the guy had only been on his own for a short amount of time. Yeah. Um, and he was on an oxygen machine and also it's this teenager finding him. The teenager might not be able to accurately diagnose someone as yeah, deceased. But he does the mirror trick. Yeah, he does do the mirror trick to check his breath. Which I thought was funny because it's clearly like ox- it sounded like there was oxygen pumping into him the whole time. I yeah. thought like he'd turn off the oxygen because he's gonna like explode. I don't think that's how it works. No, it doesn't have the pressure. Of, like, <laughs> I don't think. It, but like, I would have thought then if the, if it's because it sounded. I don't think those machines normally work. Like normally you have to breathe with them. I think whatever they don't normally just like pump oxygen into you. But it sounded like that's what it was doing. So I was surprised that no air came because like it would have made sense. If, it, if there was oxygen coming out of that machine for it to reflect on the thing. But I guess it wouldn't be warm. Yeah. Let's jump ahead. So now we've got... Um, he's now... Uh, is it Keith Sullivan? Donald Sullivan. Donald Sullivan. What's me with like mixing up dads and sons at the moment? <laughs> um, we, just, we just pray we never have to do a Brendan Gleeson film. I'm not even going to answer that statement. Um, Donald Sutherland is now possessed in the iPhone and is able to kill from beyond the grave. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. that's the whole rest of the movie, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. It's just him being bullied by people. Yeah. And so it's like you know, ordering he, their deaths. He act, He tells Donald Sutherland about this guy. Donald Sutherland kills the guy, and then he's like, "Oh shit! I didn't mean for you to kill him." And then. He gets angry at someone and he calls Donald Sutherland and is like, I want you to kill him. And then he kills him and he's like, oh shit, Donald Sutherland killed him. Uh, and he's shocked by it. Yeah. End of movie. Yeah. Kenny shoots and falls out of a building. The drunk driver who kills the, the teacher I, I thought, swallows fancy soap. Yeah, because she smelled like the soap. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I thought details. I thought the teacher was, was a Harrigan murder. I thought it was like... Because clearly, clearly Craig was horny for the teacher. Yeah, that's like I said, like I, yeah, the, if it wasn't for your little, because my brain got crossed over. Yeah, with the two, the two girls. Um, I thought he was either, he was definitely on the spectrum of some, I didn't, wouldn't say he came off to me as, Gay, but I'm saying that he was definitely you think not. He was asexual. Yeah, I think he was attracted to people rather than a gender. Right. And that's why the only like time demi demisexual. Yeah, it's the only time that he actually had what I would say is what a teenage boy does, which, which is they they talk really fast and they're just all over the place. Yeah, um, is with the teacher. Is with the teacher, like because yeah. you make. As as a as a boy who was a boy at one point, 
Uh, as a man who was a boy, um, I was a real boy. Um, the commenting on weird stuff about somebody's like not appearance, but like the fact that he's like, "You smell really nice." Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's such a boy thing to say to like a person he's interested in. Yeah, I'm sure she knows that she's a yeah. teacher who's yeah. teaching teenage boys. Yeah, um, which is why she kind of plays it down and is like. Oh yeah, you should buy it for your. I think she was gonna say you should buy mom. It. Yeah, yeah, she was gonna say mom, and she was like, you buy it for your. You can buy it for anyone. <laughs> you can uh, buy it for anybody. Um, yeah. So I thought that her because she dies in a car accident. Uh, I thought that that was a Donald Sutherland killing. I thought it was because the kid. So Craig moved away, and then the teacher got engaged. Uh, I thought that he was like mad on his behalf that the the girl he liked was engaged to someone else and he so like when he was like he got the phone call and it was like she was in an accident i was like oh like the other guy she was yeah. in an accident maybe but then but then it was a setup for him to be mad at the drug, drug driver and get him killed so he like, is yeah. the most blatant drug driver too it like was so stupid the the real casual just drinking like hard spirits yeah drops the lid like if you're that drunk and there was like maybe three to four stand. I don't know what it doesn't show you what alcohol it is, but mm. it looked like bourbon, like a. a just ha- drink the end of it and toss it. Like, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't be bending over. It's it's. Listen, I have a lot of problems with the writing in Mr. <laughs> Harrigan's phone. I don't. I definitely. I will say, one hundred percent. I preferred one of these films over the other. Was it the black phone? <laughs> yes, I enjoyed the black phone much more. You you didn't like either, is that the vibe I'm getting? Yeah, I'm, I have an issue with a lot of horror movies, and it is usually unbelievability, people acting really stupid. Like, I have a note in here, uh, which is near the end of the black phone, which is actually calling the police in a horror movie. I was so glad when the... When the, the the kid went back when she like found what she thought was where yeah. her brother was being kept and she was like alright I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna call the police I was like oh my god you sweet child thank you thank you for calling the police and not just going in there as an 11 year old girl and thinking you can you can save him the reason I have an issue with both these movies yeah. um, obviously there's a lot of weirdness in, in, the, in the other one but the reason I have an issue with the black phone is um, you get actually get quite a stellar performance, and I think that should have been um, Ethan Hawke should have been because he plays the Grabber, yeah, um, which is a terrible name, yeah, um, for a serial killer. Um, his motivations aren't very clear. Mm. Like when you go through and you have a look at. Um, any cases like your true crime podcasts, any of those things that are on Netflix, which they they you know try and we're psychologists trying to explain to us regular people why serial killers do what they do. Yeah, there's usually childhood trauma, which causes them to become attached to a certain thing, um, which can unfortunately be be a sexual reason um, or they're craving something that they can't get without committing violent acts um, and yeah the, the grabber who Ethan's Hawk, Ethan Hawke's performance his posture his presence in on the screen the masks that he's wearing all of that is fantastic he's so good but the writing around him as the character mm. is really weak. I think I think it is implied. I think it's all implicit. I don't think they... So they never really explain, but it's implicit. And then I, I don't know. I feel like him having a brother in the movie is... It kind of diminishes the point a little bit because I think it is a childhood drama thing yeah. because his whole thing is that you know he puts the kids there and you know he's in he's acting like he's looking after them but he leaves them the opportunity to escape because he wants them to go against what he's told them yeah. because as the kids put it he's, he likes to play naughty boy yeah so he wants the 
so he's targeting teenage boys. Um, so presumably some trauma related to when he was a teenage boy. Yeah. And he wants them to try to sneak out so that he can catch them and punish them. Yeah. And it's all this cyclical stuff with the corporal punishment with, like, the way um, Finney's dad was and stuff at the beginning. Um, and one would assume that Ethan Hawke's character's father was the same way, and that's Which why is he's... what I was saying about being a... His father probably was a Viet, uh, Vietnam... A World War II veteran. Possibly, yeah. 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 Um, but then why isn't the brother... Yeah, the brother's uh, just on like a conspiracy theorist putting friggin' string between newspaper yeah, yeah. clippings and, and snorting cocaine. Yeah, while on cocaine, that's yeah. what I was like. Um, so the brother... But then again, that comes up because he... Massive spoiler alert, big spoiler alert, spoiling near the end of the movie, so don't listen to this if you haven't watched it and you're planning to watch it, because it is a decent movie. He ends up killing his own brother. Yeah. Um, and when he does that, he's, he gets mad at Finney over it, and yeah. he's like, you know, he was an idiot. But he was my idiot. Yeah. So it might have been a case of he was stupid and didn't comprehend things to the same degree or didn't experience it to the same degree. And maybe um, the grabber was the older brother and protected him a bit. Probably from the, the beatings his father. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that that was my reading into it, but maybe I'm just giving it more credit than it's due. Yeah, you're you're adding <laughs> you're adding story to the story to make yeah. the story better, which yeah. is bad writing, folks. But um, I don't know, because I think yeah, because I mean it it is set around a time that there was a lot of high profile serial killers in rural America. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that. You know, people necessarily found out the exact reasons why these people did what they did. So maybe, so I don't know if it was to me as important to know the exact motivations behind it. Yeah. Um, what I really liked about what they did do is, because uh, like halfway through or three quarters of the way through this, I don't think we've even said what happens. That Finney is, or there's like a, you know, kids are going missing and then Finney is kidnapped. And then he's in a basement, and then he's there's a phone, and he's talking to the previous victims. And yeah. They're all, and the phone is not connected. I think they're all ghosts. Yeah, he's got the shine. He's got the shine. Um, yeah, because they say that they say the phone rang every time, but none of us heard it. You heard it. Yeah. Um, but every time he speaks to a different kid on the phone, they try to give him a way to get out. Yeah. And it never works. Yeah. And like halfway through this, or three quarters of the way through the movie, I was sitting there thinking. Why is he even doing all these? Because like he's getting advice from people who, who are dead. Who no, but who people who didn't make it out yeah, of the situation. True. He's like, these are what they tried, and it didn't work for them. But I'm gonna try it. And then, in the in the climactic sequence where he does get out, he uses every single thing they said on the phone to him. Yeah. Every single thing they said, but he uses the best part about it is that he uses the phone to kill him. Yes, he uses the phone to kill him. And um, again, like Lisa said, spoilers, when he's choking him, oh, the ankle break was amazing. Yes, so good. Um, when he's choking him with the phone cable and then the phone rings and Ethan Hawke also knows the phone's ringing. Yeah, because they, they had mentioned that earlier. They said yeah. he hears it too, but he doesn't believe in it. Yeah. He literally holds the phone up to his ear while he's choking. He's like, it's for you. And they all, all the boys talk together and they're like, he's going to kill you, you piece yeah. of shit. But they all repeat. I thought that was fantastic because they all repeat lines they had said. said to Finn. Yeah, yeah. previously. And they um, one one or two of them, they change the wording slightly. But it's, they repeat. Like, there's these things that they said on the phone to Finn that at the time you're like, okay, you know, whatever. And then they all say it to him and it was their words to him. Yeah. It was what they wanted to say to him if they were going to kill him. It's so I thought it was I don't know there were, there were definitely elements of it that were really well done. Yeah, there were definitely small parts of the movie that were well done. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I can see because the black one is the higher rated of the two, and yeah. I can see why. It's just yeah for me, the pacing's weird. Um, like for a, a better example. The spoilers for a really good movie um, 
the uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Oh, yes, yes. The kidnapping part is very enjoyable and it is, from a movie point of view, it's very enjoyable. <laughs> Not like I enjoy people getting kidnapped. Um, the ending's weird. Yes, the ending is weird in 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah. Agreed. But the lead up to the ending, um, which is a weird, twisty ending bit, um, that is fantastic, and the pacing of it is a lot better mm. because it's just like a, a you know being locked up somewhere. And I can talk from experience because I've played hostages uh, in training exercises in the past. Um, it's boring. It's really boring. You're just sitting and waiting around for something to happen. Right. There's not this constant, you know, obviously um, there was no magical shine phone. Um, and also or you don't have the shine. And I also wasn't digging in walls to end up in a freezer to get meat to get the dog away at the end of it. Like, yeah, but you, well, okay, that wasn't what his point of going to the freezer was. Yeah, but He was trying to get out through the freezer, but how it actually connected in the end was that yeah. was a way to get the dog out of the way. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of sitting around doing nothing and, you know, not drinking out of toilet systems and digging holes in walls, but... Um, so you would have liked a slower pacing on the microphone? No, I just think the, the time movement should have been a um, little bit more disorientating for the viewer because the the time frame for the victim of the kidnapping will just be constant lulls in, in nothingness and fear mm. followed up by something happening and that's when the like ah oh, you know that that's the moment that something happens mm. and then you go back to just the the fear of something about to happen right um i think the the best movie to pull it off in my opinion, is um, Silence the Lambs. Right, okay. Because she's just, like, in the well waiting for an opportunity, and that's when she... You've seen it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, good. And you're like, oh, this relationship is over. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, that is a better showing of, of, you know, the person in there trying to figure out how to escape, but not being so... The film being focused on them, mm. so if the 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 you know the the sister who also has the shine running around and investigating stuff, you know the poli there, there was like no police work for a movie with two direct uh, detectives in it. Yeah, like it there's was, no FBI involvement. Yeah, like, they were just letting the sister tell them what her dreams were and then acting on that. Yeah, just not quite how that works. But then again, I get you know. I think it was happening behind the scenes. I think the focus of the movie was these kids. Yeah. So, uh, presumably some police work happened, but they just didn't show in the movie. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It, like I said, it's just, for me, the pacing's weird. That's fair enough. Yeah, but that was because, very much because they were cutting to the sister and her weird shine dreams. Yeah. Um, if they cut the sister out of that movie... Because what was the what was the one we watched recently with Jake Gyllenhaal and um, Prisoners? Prisoners. Oh, Prisoners is such a good movie. Because that has better pacing when it comes to people being locked up, mm. like much better pacing. Because yeah. it's like time's moving in a weird way to put make the the watcher. I was going to say listener, the watcher disorientated because you're you're trying to show like. If you're a serial killer and you've got kids that were locked in your basement, you're going to be doing what you normally do so you don't show off as a suspect. Yeah. And it shows very well in prisoners. Yeah. But, like, does like does anybody have a job? In the black phone? I don't know. It's weird because the brother says that he's gone to work. He had to go into work. Yeah. But, like, we never actually see him, like, actually working. But then also... If he doesn't work, how does he own two, two houses? houses? Um, yeah, it's a bit weird. Yeah. And his brother obviously... But his brother obviously doesn't work or isn't working at the moment because he's visiting him. He's he's living in a different town and visiting yeah. him. But if that's the case, how is the brother not 
seeing the kids being I don't or like I don't know. Yeah. It's it's very yeah, it's a bit weird. Yeah, it could definitely be improved upon. But I but in comparison to Mr. Harrigan's phone, I know which one I would watch again. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, if you want to talk about pacing issues... Oh, my God. Mr. Harkin's phone is, like, you know, just some coming-of-age drama, and then it's like, oh, my God, it's spooky for 10 seconds, and now it's a coming-of-age drama for like, three, for 30 minutes, and now it's like spooky for 10 minutes, and now it's a coming-of-age drama. Yeah, for the first <laughs> hour, nothing happens in that movie. Yeah. Nothing relevant to what the movie's about happens in that movie. Yes, it's very weird. Yeah, I mean, there's no plot. In my opinion, there's no... And, and that's not necessarily a bad thing in general, but I think it's very hard to make a compelling movie that has no actual, like, plot happening. Yeah. I watched... Um, since we're referencing other, other films that are better, um, on one of the planes, um, I watched Eighth Grade, um, which I think is written and directed by Bo Burnham. Mm-hmm. And it's literally just about a teenager, just a snapshot of one year in high school. Yeah. Um, or middle middle school, is it? I don't know how American school works. I think eighth grade is mid, middle school. Yeah. And then she's going into high school. I think that's how it works. Um, and not much happens. It's one, you know, but it is a compelling character study. You know, yeah, and it's yeah, really yeah. interesting, you know, and it was enjoyable to watch. Um, so Mr. Harrigan's phone... You know, it is possible to make a compelling film about where there's not a whole lot of plot happening, but um, they I don't think they achieved it, yeah. in my opinion. We watched a lot of movies recently, mainly because we were on planes for like 36 <laughs> yeah, we, hours twice. I don't know if people who listen to us but don't follow us on social media are aware of that. We This is our first time recording in a couple of months. Um, I know we, we, there hasn't been a gap because... Um, we did a lot of pre-work before yeah, we yeah. left. We pre-recorded a bunch of episodes and then we uh, left the country for a month. And we went to my brother's wedding and yeah. travelled around Ireland for a month. Um, so this this episode, we're recording it less than a week before it's released. Yeah, which is an unusual, <laughs> unusual one for us. Um, but uh, last week's episode, or two weeks ago when this was released, uh, was recorded uh, at the beginning of August. Yeah. Because we did, we did a bunch of pre-recording at the end of July, beginning of August. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was fun. But um, we did watch a lot of weird movies. We watched a lot of movies in the last um, while. Was there any highlights for you in those weird movies? Because um, for me, there are perfect movies to watch on a plane. Yeah. My perfect example of that. You watched Morbius. I, I watched. I watched. It was Morbin time, and Morbin I, time. the first Morbin, I fell asleep, so I had to Morb again. I don't understand why you've watched it a second time. Well, I didn't see the ending of it. Um, I watched a movie. You watched uh, that ambulance movie. Oh God, I did watch the ambulance movie. That was not enjoyable. Um, My, like I said, eighth grade was good. I watched. Uh, oh no, hang on, it was on the first... I'm looking at my... Because I can't remember the name of the movie that I watched. Well, you, while you look at that, I'm going to... Nowhere Special was the name of the movie. And it was an Irish movie about a single father who is terminally ill. And his son is, I think, three years old. And he's interviewing potential adoptive parents to give his son to. Oh, that's an interesting, heartfelt movie. And was it yeah. really good? It was really sad. Oh, does that make it good? <laughs> but it was like like these, you know, like I was saying, it, it, it is another movie that doesn't necessarily have a lot of plot happening because it's just the same thing happening over and over again. It's just yeah. like, um, but a uh, really compelling character, you know, really compelling stories. And, you know, you really feel for this guy and his son. And, um, and it's interesting because the... Uh, successfully you know the person that he chooses to adopt the child in the end i'm not going to give spoilers but like from the second they're on screen they're a compelling character and you're just like oh i hope he chooses this person you know versus Um, what that lady in front of you watched which was everest three times (laughs) yes the person in front of me watched everest three times through yeah i don't know we watched i watched a lot of movies on those on that was the one that really stuck out to me i think because i watched um a tv show 
I can't remember who produces it, but I haven't been able to access it, uh, which was uh, Raised by Wolves. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which was like some weird high-level sci-fi stuff that got cancelled, and I can see why it got cancelled, because obviously the studio, the producers, the writer would have got into it real heavy, and sometimes like, um, I haven't watched all of Foundation yet, but like, I was like instantly put, not put off, but just like, okay, like it's not... I think the serial is dead. Right. And I think that's a big issue when it comes to science fiction these days. Is it though? I mean, Resident Alien. (laughs) Resident Alien is the same plot line. Stuff happens to it. (laughs) He's still like, spoilers for spoilers, spoilers. I'm not even going to spoil it. It's too good. You have to watch it. Yeah, Resident Alien is great. I love Resident Alien. But, you know, like, (laughs) we pick... A, a something with star in the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. Every episode, like you get established characters and char- characters get established, and then returning characters get established, and then they just go on adventures. Star Trek, Stargate. I wouldn't say Star. Well, Mandalorian season one was very much like that. Mm. And I think the problem is, is that people write these big overarching right, stories yeah. that should be TV shows because they would be terrible movies. But as a watcher of it, you're sort of just like, I'm tired now. Why can't they just have a like relaxing beach episode where they go to the paradise planet or something like, why is every episode have to be escalation on the previous episode? Yeah. You gotta get your filler episodes. And when the first episode starts at a 10, you can't go anywhere from that. Right, right. And I feel like you, as an audience member, you just get exhausted. That's fair enough. I think that's why I've ended up not watching much long-form television shows anymore. I tend to watch um, miniseries if I'm going to watch something. Yeah, like, um, the perfect example of that, I think, with the perfect pacing and escalation would be Dark. Dark is so good. Dark is incredible. If anyone hasn't watched Dark, watch Dark. Yeah. Especially if you're a sci-fi fan. Do not watch it with English dubs. No, yeah. English dubs are bad, so you do need to watch it in German with the subtitles. Yeah, because they keep the original names, and it is so off-putting, because I watched half of the first episode. Do they? So they're just they're just like, hey, y'all, my name is Jonas Kanwald. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Because it's like really bad American accents with then Jonas as like, and you're like, what? You're like, I'm going to go time travel with Jonas. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. Dark is, Dark is a very, very good show. We've gone completely off track here. Yeah. It's been a while, folks. It's been a while. <laughs> it's all right. We've, we've, I think we've covered off everything we really need to say about the movies, to yeah. be honest. Um. There's no budget box office comparison because one of them's a Netflix and the other one's a. Uh, no, the Black Phone. I don't know what the. Uh, was it Amazon? No, no, Black Phone was a theatrical release. Oh. Um, Whoops. And it was actually it was funny because they did um, they did their so it was released it was a, a summer release in in Northern Hemisphere, uh, it was released in. June actually, I thought I had thought it was August, but maybe it was August here. Um, when I look when I looked it up, it said June, but it was supposed to be released in January, and then they when they did tests for it, it tested way better than the studio thought it was going to, so they pushed it to be a summer movie, summer release because they get better, better box offices with summer releases. So it has actually done, I know you don't like it, but it's done really well in the box office. I didn't like it, I just didn't. It's not Cabin in the Woods. True. Which, in my opinion, is the best horror movie. Is it? Okay. Um, it's my opinion. So budget... if, you don't, if you don't agree with me, join Discord. <laughs> Tell them what the better horror movies yeah. are. Um, yeah, so it had a budget of $18 million and then at box office made $157 million. That's not bad. That's pretty dang good. Yeah, that's not bad at all. <laughs> that's incredible. That's yes. like a New Zealand movie, except it would have been made for eighteen grand and made like $1.8 million. Um, uh, well, t- 18 million. Yeah, and by the way, just because we never said his name, Stephen King's son's name is Joe Hill. We've just we just 
referred to him as Stephen King's son from earlier on. I'm like, well, I feel you said, oh, this was written by Joe Hill, you'd be yeah, like, yeah, yes. I don't know who that is. I've never heard of Joe Hill. Yeah, so Joe Hill, Stephen King's son. Why is he like Joe King? Probably wanted to not be just in his father's shadow, maybe. But then know. people will just instantly. That seems like a dumb financial decision. Um, <laughs> no, but maybe it's an artistic decision rather than financial. Well, I think Hill must be. I can't remember. I think maybe his mother's maiden name or something. I don't even think Stephen King's his real name. Uh, I don't know actually. No, because I, I yeah. Because a know. lot of lot of writers have pseudonyms. True. My stomach is making horrible noises, and I apologize if you can hear it on the. No, Stephen King is his name. Okay. Who am I thinking of? His children are Joe, Joe Hill, Owen King, and Naomi King. Oh. Um, yeah, Joseph Hillstrom King is his acronym, and he goes by pen name Joe Hill. It's like how David Bowie wanted to be. Um, uh, John? No, not Johnny. What was his? His original stage name was someone from the Beach Boys? Well, his actual name is David Jones. Oh, yeah, so he's going to be Davy Jones. Right. So, um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But then he went as David Bowie, which is way better. Um, yeah. Have you got any other trivia or these ratings something? Do, do your thing. I don't know. I was trying to figure out what um why Joe Hill changed his name. Uh, did I have any other... The kid who played um, the sister in Blackphone, Madeline McGraw. Yeah. Um, she was cast and then she was unable to actually shoot for the film because she was in something else. But they liked her performance so much when they did auditions that they literally postponed production so that she could play that girl. Makes sense. Um, they were like, yeah, no, we can push this off. But the film was shot in only 33 days. So really, that's a pretty short yeah. Um, um You don't have to drag things out for, like, eons, though. Yeah. I think that's, I think it's the self-bloating thing that causes a lot of movies to go way over budget. Right, is just stretching it out. Yeah. Like, I can understand why, like, things like Dunkirk... And 1917 and, you know, uh, Saving Private Ryan took, you know, and Lord of the Rings um, and yeah. The Hobbit took, you know. Long, very long, years and years. Years yeah. to film. But, yeah, like you can, like, if you follow the um, easy three steps of how to make a movie by Kevin Smith, which is the wrong way to make a movie, um, for his first one anyway, um he did it on weekends. Like, he did it when the store was closed, like, when he made Clerks. Right, yeah. Um, and you don't have to spend, like, ages filming stuff. Like, it's it's an interesting... It's interesting how they blow out their own budgets with the time that they spend filming. It'd be interesting to see how long between the actual filming they're doing now and the releases of the um, Avatar movies. Well, they're all, they've already scheduled them all, so the first one is coming out very soon. Christmas. Yeah. It's Christmas now. But I'm saying, like, that's all CG for the rest of it. It has to be, because if they've done all the filming... Right, And right. I say that with, like, they're wearing, the actors are wearing those cool suits... And mm -hmm. their faces are getting recorded so they can yeah. dot map them they're onto doing, the... They're doing a golem. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be just interesting to see how much post-production takes. Yeah. Um, I think the only other note I had then was... I just thought it was fun. Um, uh, so the whole note was like that the grabber dons different... Uh, like a, a number of different creepy masks throughout the film showing different portions of his face. Um, they were designed by the prosthetic make, uh, makeup artist Tom Savini, who did, I think, a lot of the Nightmare on Elm Street films. Yeah. Um, but what I liked about this note was that it said Mason Thames, who played um, Finney, mm. uh, said that the first time he saw the mask on Ethan Hawke with Ethan Hawke's performance, he was genuinely terrified. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, that is, a, to me, the standout part of that entire movie was just Ethan Hawke on screen. Yeah. And the problem that I had with the movie is he wasn't on screen enough. Right. 
yeah, that we didn't get enough. It was also it was Ethan Hawke's idea apparently to have the the grabber um, react in panic the way he did when the mask was taken off him. Yeah, and he also he also suggested uh, the the bit where he after he is deceased that he slumps his whole body into the hole. Mm. Those were those were Ethan Ethan Hawke suggestions, but um, have yeah. you seen Daybreakers? Have I seen Day? No, I don't think I've seen oh, okay. Daybreakers. Sam Neill. Oh, I do like Sam Neill. Um, I think. Was it the sequel? Was there a sequel? I don't. I think Willem Dafoe's in it as well. Oh, okay. Um, do we want to wrap up? Yeah. Okay. Um, so as we said, mentioned earlier in the podcast, we have now got a Discord server. The links for that will be in the show notes. show notes. So if you want to join our Discord server, which we would encourage you to do, because we would like to talk to you. Yeah. We'd like to, you know, get to know our listeners. So please do join our Discord server. Doesn't and matter where you're from, what language you speak, age, race, gender, ethnicity, doesn't matter. Yeah. Join our Discord. Join our Discord. We want to talk to you. Um, yeah, so you can do that. The link will be in the show notes. Um, also, because I normally post this on Reddit and places, I'll, I'll put the link in those posts. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at it takes two underscore pod or on Twitter at it takes two pod. I think I've got those right around. I might have mixed them up. It's been a while. I'll have to refresh my memory for next episode. But I Fair think enough. I think that's correct. Um, yeah. So I think that's pretty much it. Um, we look forward to hearing from you. Yeah. Stay safe out there. Don't go near men with unmarked vans. Don't buy first generation iPhone and communicate with the dead yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) goodbye bye